0: Welcome back to PPR Podcast number 108, brought to you by the San Diego Strike Force. As always, I'm Chase Adoro, and, and I'm joined by our co-host, Bo Fertig. Bo, right. first day of the season, really starting today for teams around this county, which means first day for us as well. How's it feel?
1: Day one always feels good. The anticipation is at its highest. These next couple of weeks off seem like they take forever to get to week one. And then once week one starts, in a blink of an eye, we're already halfway through the season. So for all the players out there, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the journey. Because sooner or later, you're going to get to meet Chase and I and uh, hopefully talking football on a desk. And that- Comes by
0: way too quick. So <laughs> it's starting to, once you hit August, that's where it really starts to hit. You know, yeah. that, that last couple of weeks of July, you start getting the itch for football. Right. Like we got preseason NFL football this week. That's yeah. when it's like starts to hit, like, oh, we get some contact in. That's when it's always good. But you know, if we're looking back at what went over the offseason, that's kind of what this episode is going to be today. So I think there's no better way to start it off. We talked about NFL preseason coming up. How about the NFL coaches who are now in town? And we have to start off with both guys from the Palomar League. Eric Weddle taking over at Rancho Bernardo, as well as Nick Barnett taking over at Del Norte. Kind of some huge storylines that we get these NFL guys to come coach high school football, but also they can take these programs to new heights. Well, both of them are taking over quality programs,
1: right? Rancho Bernardo is always in the mix. They're competitive year in and year out. They had a really good run under Tristan McCoy, 2014 to 2016, 35 and six overall. 2017 went 6 and 6, second in Palomar. 18 19, 7 and 4, second in Palomar. 2021, 7 and 6, third. And then last year, sub 500, but still second in Palomar. So competitive year in and year out under Tristan McCoy. Weddle is going to have to come in and get them over that hump. Rancho Bernardo is a quality program with quality players, and I feel they can do that. Same for Nick Barnett. He comes in with a program that has Most of their offense intact, right? Quarterback Jack Snyder, over 2,500 passing yards. Chris Guzman, over 1,000 rushing yards. And Ty Olson, we're going to talk about a lot this year. When it comes to receiver athletic type players, the best in the county when I think of Olson, nearly 1,300 receiving yards, close to 20 touchdowns. Barnett comes in as a defensive guru, right? Played 11 seasons as a pro with mostly, most notably the Green Bay Packers. This is a defense that allowed close to 27 points per game. It's one of the reasons why they didn't have a 9-4, 10-3 record. So he's going to need to come in, mold that defense into a defense that keeps the offense ahead. And you know, one of the more difficult things I've talked to a lot of coaches that have played at a higher level, the most difficult thing for those coaches is to simplify the game. We know schemes get much more complex and the difficulty gets much more complex, but it's simplifying it at a high school level. And we'll see how Weddle and Barnett do at the high school level. But I love it for San Diego,
0: it's great. Oh, absolutely, it's great. especially you know, having a former Charger like Weddle, yeah. that is going to be so cool for anyone who goes to a Rancho Bernardo game. But if we're being real here and we're being honest, Nick Barnett has the best chance to go and have immediate success right. with this Del Norte team. Right. So many guys returning, so many guys who have played together for a long time. We've seen success like that with Madison recently mm-hmm. in couple last couple of years. I am big on Jack Schneider. I like the way he's mobile with his feet, right. but also a very good pocket passer as well. And the connection with him and Ty Olson, I think is one of the most underrated connections in this county. Yep. Very excited to see what they do. Because it's like, now it's the proving time. When these guys are with the same unit for so long and they've played at the varsity and level. And they're seniors. Yeah, exactly. So. Now it's that senior year. It's time. What are we going to do? We have now Nick Barnett, who you know we had the chance to meet him, very good guy. I like the coaching staff he surrounded himself with as well. You know, I'm very interested in this Del Norte team. I can't wait to see them play. But obviously, the Eric Weddle movement for Rancho Bernardo, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes with that program. You know, sometimes we see them always as, like, the big running program, with, right. like we see with Poway out there as well. You know, maybe he takes them a different direction. Maybe they stay the same. Who knows? But I'm very interested. Just, you know, that's someone that I grew up watching. Right. So now it's like I get to see him coach in the RB hat. It's going to be so cool to see.
1: Well, and his former teammate Nick Novak is up there in the north yeah, as well, at exactly. Maranatha Christian. So two NFL players, now head coaches, and both defensive minded
0: guys. So it should be fun to watch. Definitely. And now we go to the opposite side of things where you need to rebuild certain mm-hmm. programs, programs who have had historically great seasons. And we have to talk about Oceanside and Grossmont. You have 2013 Silver Piskin finalist Anthony Lawrence taking over for the Foothillers. Then you have Fale Pumele taking over for Oceanside. It's so cool to see these, you know, it's not great that the situations they're in. It's a, it's a tough rebuild for both these situations, but you have guys who are dedicated to the program, guys who love the program because they played for them and played for them at times where they had success. Right. Now they're, they're going to lead the charge to get them back to where they need to be.
1: Yeah, both taking over winless programs. When you talk about Pumeli, back in Podcast 86 with Paul and Burt he talked about the culture, and he's already creating a breakfast program there. He was a part of the big success in the late 90s under Coach Carroll, so he understands he has the championship mentality that you love to see. in Anthony Lawrence, he's the, now the youngest head coach at age 26. If he coaches like he played, you know, his last two seasons at Grossmont, 6,800 passing yards, 86 total touchdowns, and had a great career at USD through close to 1,300 yards and 120 touchdowns. So a local legend in his own right. And now he comes back to a program who is in desperate need of a guy with a new face. And I love these looks because it's going to bring guys who
0: are now going to want to come and play for those guys. It, it gives them a reason to come out. There's times where I've felt very old, even though I'm <laughs> about to turn 28. Yeah. When I get to interview these young kids, and it's like, wow, they're calling me sir. This is weird. Right. You know. Now that it's going to hit me that I'm going to interview a 26-year-old head coach, I'm going to feel very old, (laughs) as I'm sure all of us will. But it's so cool that they're trusting him. And they're just, you know, we're we're at our weakest point here. We're going to give it in his hands and see where he goes with it. And he has the experience from being at USD as well. So maybe there's a connection there. He can help these kids get into colleges later down the line. I like that signing for him to be the head coach there. Oceanside, I think. They are going to be on the rise again this year. Probably not massive steps. Maybe similar steps to what we saw St. Augustine do last season. Right. But I, from the 7-on-7, seven seven, and I'll say it 100, maybe a million times, 7-on-7 seven seven is not actually football. But it does show some progress. It gives us insight. It look. does. And I, from what I've seen of Oceanside, they can compete. They have some good pieces on offense. I like what they have on offense. We'll get into a couple of the players maybe in the next episode of this podcast. But I think Oceanside will be better this year for sure. And that is something I have to look forward to. But if we're being honest, if we're being true to ourselves, there is no bigger storyline than what Coach V is doing with Mount Miguel this year. And congratulations to him are in order for taking over this Mount Miguel program. And, you know, so much success at Modern Day Catholic Mm -hmm. and taking a lot of the coaching staff from Modern Day to Mount Miguel puts him in the best position to have success. And we talk about... What can he do for the players in Spring Valley? Who There are so many great football players that come out of that area that haven't been going to Mount Miguel. Now he gets a chance to build this really in his image and have those kids want to come to that school. He has always been an advocate, Coach V has, of the Southeast region, the city region.
1: And it's so great to see him. Now he has an impact. For me, this is a legacy move for him. He's done all he could. He had success at Kearney as well as an OC. But this is a legacy move in that now he takes over a program that went 4-7 and last year, second to last in league. So it's not a program that has a lot of notoriety. This is the best off-season coaching staff I've ever seen assembled in my 13 years covering high school football. You know, you talk about defensive coordinators that have won state championships, assistant head coaches that have D1 talent, uh, assistant coaches that have coaching experience at JUCO levels and D1 levels where you just don't get that at the high school level, and most majority of these coaches have already been coaching together. So now they've gelled and have come together to where it's going to be a seamless transition for the MIC, and there's a lot of expectations now coming out of the Division Four
0: team. Absolutely, and you know at the end of the day, yes, a good coaching staff will get you very far, especially one that is on the same page and has worked together for so long. But it is also gonna come down to the guys who put on the pads yeah. and go in between the white lines. Love Barton, love Castillo from last season. And now they're adding A.J. Logan um, from San Ysidro, who was one of the best kick returners in the country last year. Tenth in the nation. And from what I've seen as wide receiver, he looks very good out on the outside as well. And Caprice Presley from Patrick Henry. You know, we talk about some of these guys that are being transferred in. That's part of the culture change as well that goes along with Mount Miguel is showing guys that this is the place you want to come and play.
1: The transfer portal has changed since you and I have played. And... There's a part of me that likes it and a part of me that doesn't like it, and that on a local level, it really does teeter the top-heavy teams, one-sided. I appreciate more of the competitiveness. I want to see uh, League in and out, Week in and out, more competitive games. Uh, especially as a reporter, it just makes it funner for us. But on a state level, I really love it. It's small programs like modern day, who wouldn't have been recognized, always the baby brother of modern day in the southern section. And now they are known statewide, nationwide, after back-to-back state championships. So on a local level, not so much of a fan, but I get it. Players want to play with the best. They're looking at the next level. And for that, I am not one to say you're right or wrong. But on a state level, I love it because it gives notoriety to teams in San
0: Diego, which I love. You know, we were, I was talking about feeling old having to interview a 26-year-old <laughs> head coach. Can I have my back in my day moment here? Of course. Back in my day, we played for our team. You know, no, nah, I'm just joking. Um, I, I like the transfer portal. I do agree with you that it can make it very one-sided and very top-heavy for some teams. You know, you talk about, you know, team like Crawford last year you know the, the players they have a couple of them are now at Lincoln and so that takes away from them but and adds to Lincoln but it's also Lincoln wanting to continue and build what they've worked so hard for and it's these kids that want to play for those top teams so I completely understand and completely get it um, would I like it to be a little bit more even across the board sure but I'd also like our teams to take home state titles like they have exactly. done these last couple of years exactly. and to do that you need to have these I guess super teams is not the right word for it, but you need to have a collection of talent that is going to get you there. Because football in this in this state is no joke. Yeah, you know I've seen Lincoln go up there and they had great games, but those teams were very the tough to play. The Southern Section
1: against. is one of the best sections yeah. in all of the country. And that
0: Lincoln team was arguably the de- best defense I've ever seen. Yeah. And for them to still have to play tough games, that just shows you the level it takes to win a state title. Right. Same for modern day. For them, you're getting back-to-back state titles, that was from the collection of talent that they had. There's no doubt about that. You know, so while I don't like the transfer porter in the sense of teams losing their kids, at the same time, I want to see these teams get the best players they think they can, bet, right. uh, can get. And that also helps those kids go to colleges later down the line. So yeah. I'm all for it.
1: And the pair of Colts that you mentioned, D5 runner-ups, you talk about championship mentality. Running back Kent Armstrong, now a senior, averaged nine yards per pop last year, just under 1,000 yards. And Abdullahi Sharif, a bit undersized, but I loved his instinct and I love his athleticism, which makes up for his undersized. The fact that this kid had 102 tackles, it shows that he loves to get his nose dirty and was tied for second in the county with eight interceptions. I covered the game last season against Hilltop. And instinct was on display, had a wide receiver catch a five-yard hitch in front of him, held him up just long enough where he forced a fumble, scooped and scored, and then moments later uh, returned a kickoff to the house. So you talk about athleticism and instinct. Abdullahi Sharif is one of those guys. Similar last year reminded me of a guy like Chris White. Came from a smaller program at Francis Parker. Can he play at an elite level? Chris White showed he could. Uh, he's heading to Yale this year, so I, I expect similar success for Sharif. And then you go down the list, right? When you think of Lincoln, you think of athleticism. C.J. Williams from yeah. LCC is the epitome of athleticism, impact play, week after week. Comes from a great program under Sean SovaCool, and one of the players that I'm most excited. Excited to see out of Lincoln, Drayden Gardner. Yeah, I
0: think everybody is. When when that was announced that he was going to Lincoln. Yeah, I, I mean everyone was like, ooh, yeah, okay. That right. that that takes it up another level. And I was, you know, a little bit concerned about Lincoln. Obviously, they're always going to have some great football players, but it's with so many guys from that team from last year leaving. It's like, okay, where do we go next? Man, they look ready and retooled for this season again. I cannot wait to see, and these guys are going to be hungry because they are coming in and trying to prove themselves. They always have a chip on their shoulder. You know, it's always always. so. I'm so excited to see the Hornets again, and. You know, they're really our re- retool to go for the Open Division title. And the best game. transfer, we didn't mention Achilles Smith Jr. Yeah, and he looks really good. Yeah. Obviously, you know, very young from when I watched him on Seven on Seven. You know, it's obviously Seven on Seven. So he, not as crisp as, I, as I've seen, you know, before, but still very good. The arm talent is absolutely yeah. there. And, you know, I, I'm very excited to see what he grows into over his time there at Lincoln. ESPN has him as a top quarterback in the nation. Yeah. So
1: San Diego now has top two quarterbacks or the top quarterback in each class. Julian Sane this season and Achilles Smith Jr. for next year.
0: You know, we talk about maybe some other transfers around the county as well. I guess it's more of a trade. I know it happened at One different time. A player swap. You know, player swap. Uh, Josh Ball going now from San Marcos to Carlsbad. And Justice Woods, who uh, committed to Cal Poly, congratulations yeah. to him, now going to San Marcos. You know, I don't think it's very hard for these players to go there and make those moves when you have the quarterbacks like Crete and, and Julian Sain. But, you know, it's kind of interesting the dynamic that they will add now to those teams. I really like Josh Ball. I think he's going to have an incredible season. You know, maybe similar to what Marshall did last year mm-hmm. when he transferred into Carlsbad. I kind of expect the same thing to see from Ball this year. Carlsbad lost three senior receivers last year, Justin Johnson, Zach Marshall as you
1: mentioned and Nico Arbois. Those three receivers combined for 88 receptions, nearly 1600 yards. Ball is going to insert himself nicely, had a great junior season, 49 receptions, over 800 yards. So what a great fit for both programs. Justice Woods, known for more of his defensive prowess, uh, one of the better corners in the county, Talk about a team who needs help on defense. San Marcos, a team that allowed over 300 points per game or 300 points on the season, and Woods is going to help bolster bolster that defense on the outside. But he had over 200 receiving yards last year, and we know our Creek Makaheli 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 second most passing yards, second most passing touchdowns as a freshman, a phenom last year, and those numbers actually exceeded San. I'm not saying he's better than San, but statistically and part had to do with the defense giving up a lot of points. Uh, So Woods goes
0: from one great scenario to the next, and the the same you could say for ball. And for both those quarterbacks, just really quickly, when I was at the uh, Super 7 quarterback camp watching them, they had a competition of who can throw the furthest. And, you know, all these great quarterbacks around the county who we will touch on a little later about how great that is right now, but all of them throwing deep bombs, 50 yards, stuff like that. With a flick of a wrist. And then Cree and Julian just walked up there and 60, like back-to-back, yeah. then back. it was like 61-62, right. they had to go to overtime, right. and then Julian beat them by 64 yards to 63, and it was just like, wow, these guys are legit, man. It's, it's so good to see them, and you know, we see from their offenses how much they like to pass the ball. Right. I think it's good fits, even though it is basically a swap of the two. Yeah. Um, it'll be good fits for both of them, I agree. Um, one also great fit. How do you get stronger after a state <laughs> title is go get another edge rusher to add to your defense. Travis Ford coming from Helix to Granite Hills. This Granite Hills team, I mean, it's probably the best time to be a fan of this Granite Hills yeah. football team. They are stacked, and i it's shocking when you go watch them and you still see most of the same guys from last season. They're extremely young, and they're returning most of the guys from that state title-winning team. Their M.O.
1: last year was run the ball well and play good defense, and now with Ford on the other side of Damarian Wright, they have the best defensive end combo up front, and still on the back end, they're, they're just as solid And then offensively, they control the tempo, they control the ball, control possession. Six foot four, 240 pounds, controls the line of scrimmage with his size. Ford is a great addition to that Granite Hills defense.
0: And, you know, just another quick one. We want to talk about a team that is looking to be on the rise and looking to come back off the success they had last year. Madison also adding Quinton DeMara. It'll be interesting to see the quarterback competition between him and Parental. I watched Parental at 7-on-7. He looked like the one. Now that Demar comes in, maybe there's a little bit of competition between the two. There's also a lot of quarterback competitions I've seen from Mission Hills has a quarterback competition going on right now. LCC, and when you watch those these teams, you look at so much talent. I have no idea where to go with it. Uh, maybe that's something we'll touch on a little bit later down the line. Uh, also, another one to mention is Escondido getting the Pollard brothers uh, as well from Classical. Yeah. You know, those the Pollard brothers had such a huge impact towards that state title winning team for classical. What do you see them doing now for Escondido? Friday Pollard
1: averaged six yards per tote last year. His brother, D'Angelo, actually was more of a JV guy, I believe came up towards the end of the year. He's gonna bolster that defense up front. But I love the championship mentality. Those guys were there in the moment, winning a championship for the first time ever for Classical Academy, and so bringing that mentality to a program is always
0: welcomed with open arms. Definitely, and th- with so many transfers, now we're starting to get into the season. Now it's starting to, you know, shape up. It's really going to be interesting to see who's getting used, how these teams like saw these players and also to get them to go to these schools, but then now how are they going to utilize them, in what way? So many question marks, but a lot of that will be figured out really soon. Um, Some shout-outs we have to take is from what happened in the offseason is the commitments, and a lot of these guys are committing early, which is really cool to see, you know, but obviously the first one off the board is Anthony McMillan, who is just a monster for modern-day Catholic, committing to San Diego State. He will be staying in town. That deserves its own singular shout out in my mind. I love when guys stay here. There's nothing against everybody else that goes everywhere else. You know, you choose your college you want to go to and you want to find the right fit. But when you believe in staying here and being able to play here, I love what the Aztecs are building. Who knows where they're going to be playing in a conference later down the line. But. It's so cool to see one of the top players in this county stay here in San Diego. Well, they grabbed one of the best
1: backs in San Diego County a couple years ago, and Lucky Sutton, right, state champion in his own right. McMillan is one of few players in the county that I could say is ready for the collegiate level. Like if he was going off this season into playing for San Diego State right now, he would be ready. Just his size, his skill, his mentality, six foot two and a quarter, you know, a big boy, but he plays both sides as well. So his athleticism, as well as his impact on both sides, I'm interested to see how Joyner uses him. Because if I'm Joiner, I'm giving him at least 12 or 15 touches. And when Joyner was successful in the Verdell, Aiden, Ka- uh, Aiden Calvert eras, he ran the ball successfully and really ground and pound. So it's going to be the Mac attack this year. 15 touches behind the line of scrimmage. He's going to experience a lot of big hits. Uh, and... I want a guy like that healthy at the end of the game. And if he's playing both ways, you, you can't either way hate on Joyner for playing him on both sides because it's like, hey, he's an impact player, but I want my running back healthy at the end of the game. You get a little fatigue, a fumble here and there, and now, you know, the ball's flipped on the other side. So it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how Joyner uses McMillan moving
0: forward. He's going to be a massive player yeah, this year. Yeah, he is. Uh, somewhere down the line, he will be at the Silver Pace Gala, whether that's on the podium or for some other category. He's a monster. From what he did in that D1 title game against Mission Hills last yeah. year, took over the game near the end. Love to see what, where he goes from here. Uh, then a couple uh, Pac-12 commitments here now. Isaiah Buxton of modern day going to Arizona. Martel Hughes going also to the, uh, the desert, but to Arizona State. He's from Madison. Love those commitments. And also one of the more quieter ones, maybe because he is a quieter man, but a monster on the field. Ratumana Bulabulavu led the state in sacks last year for Army, Navy, committing to Washington. Kind of came out of left field, but you know, also a great place for him, and I cannot wait to see what he does on the next level. This is one of those guys where you're like, who are you gonna pick to be in the NFL yeah. one day? This is one of the guys.
1: Isaiah Buxton there's going to Arizona from modern day. Two plays that really come to mind for me, their first championship run, early in the game, scoreless ball game, and he takes a pick six to the house, 88 yards. Just created that whole momentum for their first state win. And then later in that season against Eastlake, tight ball game, Eastlake going in for the lead, and he baits the quarterback on the goal line, takes it the other way. So impact plays on defense. I'm sure because of his athleticism and size, we might see him on the offensive side as well. Martell Hughes joins the safety from Lincoln last year, one of the best safeties in the country, in Josiah Cox at Arizona State next season. When you talk about an athlete, Martell Hughes hits all those points. And Madison is going to be known for their defense year in and year out. He tags up with guys like James Tavao, nearly 100 tackles. Toyololo Lolo had six picks on the season, and Via Via led the team with 13 sacks. So once again, that Madison team is going to rely on their defense. And Martel Hughes is one of those guys that helped them uh, for a team that allowed 12 points per game. It's going to be that week three through five season, or week three through five, that is going to be the defining moment for Madison, they go Helix, Granite Hills, Lincoln. That's gonna be that, we always talk about windows in a season and for Madison, that's theirs. And then Mana, I'm gonna call him Mana because that's what everyone else calls him. Yeah, as you mentioned, led the, led the country in, uh, or led the state, state with 23 and a half sacks. That was another team that relied on their defense. Nine shutouts on the season and they return guys like Luke Farr, who had nine and a half, seasons, nine and a half sacks on the season, freshman Landon Schrom, A freshman had six interceptions tied for third. So when you talk about defenses and players that really bolster their defense, it's guys like mana and hughes that are going to continue that success for
0: those programs also one more i forgot to mention luke ferrelli of carlsbad's going yep. to stanford now i love that for him he's a great player on the defensive side of the ball but then we also got to look at some other commitments here as well a player i am very high on for this season he was great last year but I, when i've watched him he's looked better he's looked sharper rylan jesse deciding mm-hmm. to go to utah state now we have him there. We have Jax Leatherwood going to Nevada. You know, Just slowly but surely, the Mountain West is getting all the San Diego yeah. quarterbacks. I love to see it. I think he has an incredible season for Helix. Helix has a lot of good weapons on their offensive side of the ball. Um, I, I think Rylan has a chance to have a great season and get Helix to the open division. There's a very good chance of that. We'll, get, we'll touch on D1 later down the yeah, line because no D1 doubt. this year is awesome. Just the amount of teams that are in it. That so I, can't, awesome. I cannot wait for it, man. But then we also have Jaden Mangini of La Jolla Country mm-hmm. Day committing to the Naval Academy. Congrats to him. We, have, we talked about Justice Woods going to Cal Poly. We also have Devin Serta of El Camino going to Cal Poly. Serta is a very underrated running back for El Camino. Mm-hmm. The times I've gotten to watch him, he's, he's very built, like a little, a little bit shorter, but sturdy guy and he's very athletic. Serta is going to be a menace for teams if they do not prepare for him this year. I like what El Camino is doing. They won the battle on the mountain, the seven on seven at Ramona. I think El Camino has a very good chance to have a very good season this year. Um, but as far as commitments, those are mostly the ones that stood out from this offseason. Yeah. Um, but now we have to also talk about the guys who are going well, let, on let me, to the next Let me next just level. quickly
1: touch on those guys, right? Sure. Ferrelli is going to anchor that defense, 73 tackles on the season. He's going to join guys like Jackson Moy from Cathedral Catholic, Meyer, the quarterback, Charlie Meyer, uh, state champions in their own right as well a couple seasons ago. Rylan Jesse, that offense is going to be nice and balanced. A great one-two combo with Cisneros and Allen. The stretch for them is going to be week three at Madison, week four at Cathedral Catholic, and week nine at Granite Hills. Ryland Jesse is going to put up the numbers necessary this season. There's no doubt about that. Over 1,800 passing yards and 27 passing touchdowns. But to me, his season is going to be defined in in those three games. On the road, against tough defenses, and then Mangini did it all for the Tories last year. Played quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. And then on the defensive side, 111 tackles. He's going to be a two-way player candidate heading into the season. So, And then the Devin Serta, we talk about the return of him and quarterback Carson Howard. El Camino is always in the mix. They're a great program, and they're a tough offense. With big guys up front, so I would assume Serta is going to insert himself on yeah. the offensive side. And
0: we saw that last year from El Camino. You yeah. know, Just like how they kind of shocked people, how close they played people, yeah. especially Carlsbad. They bat. went nine and four they, in a very almo- they difficult. They almost beat Carlsbad in that week. game, and you know uh, the, I think we see more of the same from El Camino this yeah. season. But now we get on to the guys who are now going to the NFL level, which we always love to see the progress these guys have taken from their days at PPR to now going on to play in the NFL. The first one we have to talk about is, obviously, I'm a Don, but I'm from Point Loma (laughs) in Ocean Beach. J.L. Skinner from the the Pointers going in the sixth round to the Broncos, the only San Diego player to be drafted. Mm -hmm. Congratulations to him. He was incredible at Boise State. Loved watching him play. Uh, we also have a couple other guys who were playing for the Aztecs. Jesse Matthews from Christian High School signs with the Texans. Um, we have Braxton Burmeister who was playing quarterback. Right. He's going now to the Rams as a wide receiver. So congrats to the 2016 Silver Piskin finalists from La Jolla Country Day. Uh, D'Angelo Mandel from De- Del Norte signing with the Cowboys. Azizi Hearn from O'side playing for the Raiders. Chris Brooks from El Camino playing for the Dolphins. Uh, Caleb Phillips from Santa Fe Christian going to the Giants, and Jake Girardi from Oceanside going to the Chiefs. I mean, that's a long list of guys. Love it, love it. Who knows if they make the rosters, who yeah. knows if, they, if they're there uh, beyond the training camp, but just the fact that they get the chance, just the fact that they get the chance to keep playing, yeah. alongside the, the guys we saw last year going in, Kyle Phillips. You know, it's so cool to see these guys get their opportunity.
1: And JL Skinner, I had the pleasure of interviewing him in the 2020 season, Faces in New Places, when he was at um, the college again, Boise State Bronco goes from Boise State Broncos to the Denver Broncos, and you talk about championship mentality. If you want to listen to a guy that was young in his years, wanting to be the best at his position and the best p- person possible, go back and type in J. L. Skinner Beauford interview, <laughs> and um, you just listen to this guy, and you could feel the energy from across the screen.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited now. Got the podcast going. We're getting ready to get back into it. I'm so ready for football to start. We're, what, 18 days away now from opening night, and then we also have, we're bringing back the Saturday night game. We'll have Granite Hills versus Mission Hills in week one. Cannot wait for football to get started. It's the 25th season of the Prep Picks, and Report, and it could very well be the best season yet. I know. I cannot wait. Yeah. I, so, all things looking good, all things looking forward. That's going to do it for PPR Podcast number 108. Stay tuned for number 109, where Paul and Bert will sit down with the guys from SDF Can't wait for that for the rest of this week. But yeah. for now, Bo, let's send it out.